Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, I'm Scott Pianowski and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast presented by Planters. You've been satisfying your snack cravings for over a hundred years. Uh, Dalton Daldon is here with me. And Dalton, do you know what satisfied me today? The three-minute, 29-second brilliance that is Unchained, one of the probably the most prominent, famous representative Van Halen song in their catalog. As we know, the guitar hero, the rock god Eddie Van Halen succumbed to his battle against cancer this week. And um, I, I know that you and I are, are kind of alternative rock fans, maybe primarily, but uh, Van Halen was a big part of my life. Just I feel like all my friends and I shared something to do with Van Halen at one point or another. My two brothers and I don't really have the same taste in music, but we all love Van Halen. So I've been down a Van Halen rabbit hole with some planters peanuts by side. Do you have anything to say about Eddie Van Halen before we dip into this glorious handicapping podcast? Not much other than I just learned that he was the guitar solo on Michael Jackson's Beat It. I didn't realize that. And I went to high school with Sammy Hagar's son, Andrew Hagar. He was a couple grades lower than me and a, one of my closest friends, younger brother's friends. So that's my only Van Halen connection there. And I'm sure a little, I don't know your thoughts on the singer switch and all that, but that's all I got for you there a little before my time. Is it true that you can't drive 55? Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, that is very true. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I love all versions, but maybe not the third version with Gary Sharon, but I love the Roth music. I love the Hagar music. And if you want to continue talking about this, I posted a lot of Eddie Van Halen thoughts on t- my Twitter account, Scott underscore Pianowski. Go there. If you want to get the rock story and we'll, we'll share some, some memories. I had a long hour long conversation with a friend of mine last night, and I think I'm going to have a lot more of those, but we're here for football and uh, the odds we're going to give you are from our friends at BetMGM, who have partnered up with Yahoo this year. And if you want to get in on things, new users get a $25 bonus upon registration. There's no deposit required and you can use it immediately. And you also receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 with your first deposit. You can sign up at betmgm.com slash Yahoo. And this promo is valid for new users in New Jersey, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado, 21 years or older. Terms do apply. So a lot of good things going on at BetMGM. Hopefully we will give you some good guidance. Or if you don't believe in us, you can fade us to your heart's content. So let's make some straight cash, homie. Uh, Thursday night, Tampa Bay, what, what's left of them? A lot of injuries, uh, no O.J. Howard, no Chris Godwin. Mike Evans was gimpy the last we saw him, but they're still three-and-a-half-point favorites at Chicago. The total is 44-and-a-half. What are you making of the Bucks and Bears? 
Tom Brady's played better than I expected, no question, even dealing with injuries of the receivers he's throwing to, got it done last week. Um, so when I sent this in last night for our staff picks, it was four and a half, and I made it my best bet for the Bears. I just feel like the price has been too high on Tampa. I get it. Their defenses look legit, but they're dealing with injuries, and now they're traveling in a short week. The spread here now is three and a half, so I would not call it my best bet, but I'm still on the home underdog here. The Bears themselves have a really good defense as well, so uh, I, I like the home dog. Yeah, it's my. It's actually my best bet in staff oh. picks too. Oh wow. wow! And I and I released it. You know, I, I do the five picks every week. Mm-hmm. My my throwing darts, and I think I've been doing it nine or ten years. I've only had one losing season this year. Of course, I'm I'm eight, ten, and two. And just the fear creeps in that what, what if this is a year where I, I just pick lousy all year? Not that eight, ten, and two is all that big of a deal. I mean, a couple of games go a different way. I have a winning record, but I saw this and jumped right on it at the four and a half. Um, it's since gone down to three and a half thinking Thursday, I generally like to be on the home team. I worry about all the injuries the Buccaneers have had and, and, and major guys. It, it's one yeah. thing to lose, I don't know, maybe replaceable guys, but I mean, they, they might be without their two best receivers. Um, Howard, I know they've struggled to really find the optimal role for him, but he's certainly a talented player. Mm-hmm. Brady hasn't been there that long. So to me, this was an easy Bears pick. I, I don't have, I apologize, I don't have the MGM props in front of me, but whatever Scotty Miller's prop is, assuming they have one, I would go over on that. This guy has been productive in three or four games, and I think they're going to need him. And even though he looks like a slot receiver by size and you know by just his measurables, they use him outside. They use him on intermediate and deep routes. You can get in some Scotty Miller props. I think he's, he's set up for like 85 or 90 yards in this game and maybe even a touchdown. I'm with you on Scotty. He does know. And what about Ronald Jones? He's so frustrating. I mean, he had three drops alone in the first half last week, but Fournette has been deemed doubtful here. So I just because of the volume, even in a tough matchup, I'm still ranking Jones as a top 20 back in this situation just because of the volume. Uh, what do you think? He's, he's one of the more frustrating fantasy guys. Certainly frustrating. The thing that makes me nervous is that he dropped a handful of passes last week, and Keyshawn Vaughn, I thought, looked pretty good. I, yep. I wonder if it's time... Yeah, the, the, the problem the problem with the Buccaneers week to week, uh, other than Miller, and, and I know Miller hasn't really had a blow-up game, but I feel like week to week, it, it's just been no pattern to their usage. You know, just when I thought it was Ronald Jones's job, then they went to Fournette, and I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll ride Fournette, you know, at yeah. least rank him favorably. God knows I didn't draft him anywhere, but and then he did very little in the Denver game, and I just feel like this is a, a butterfly, you know, fizz, uh, floating around, and, and I'm, I'm here with a net trying to catch it. And that's why I like Miller. I just maybe I'm fooling myself into thinking he's a consistent player, or he. Ha- but I know that they talked him up all summer. He seems like he's in Brady's circle of trust. And while he maybe he's not an Aaron Rodgers type, it's not that easy to earn Brady's trust. So that's why I feel that way about Miller. But I'm worried about the backfield. I'm worried that Keyshawn John is getting Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be good enough to get in Jones's way, but maybe not projectable enough that we can play him for fantasy right off the bat. Yeah, McCoy's already been ruled out as well. I hear you, certainly not the safest start, Ronald Jones, but I think the opportunity will be there again. And just to piggyback on your Scotty Miller one, Mike Evans could aggravate that ankle injury right away and leave, and suddenly Scotty Miller could be looking at like 15 targets. I mean, there is a world in which that exists too. The Bears have really defended wide receivers well, but obviously Brady loves throwing to the slot, and Miller's look good. They've even thrown him downfield too, so I'm with you on that call with him. Now we're going to pivot to the Sunday games. Before we get to the slate, I just want to mention that BetMGM does not have a line on the Tennessee-Buffalo game. And, and obviously, there's a lot of consternation about even if they'll play that game. And the Denver Patriots line is currently off the board because of the status of Cam Newton. So we're not going to discuss the Titans, the Bills, 
the Broncos or the Patriots. Hopefully there'll be more clarity when Andy and Liz do their program tomorrow. So just know that up front. Let's get to the Bengals and Ravens. Man, you know, I know the line fluctuated all week. Ravens at home, the classic bullies, 12 and a half point favorites over the Bengals. The total is 51 and a half. What make you Bengals and Ravens? I took the points here just because the Bengals D has been playing all right. I don't know the health of Ronnie Staley and Lamar Jackson wasn't even in practice Wednesday. So it's a big number for a, a, considering the Ravens offense has just not really been totally clicking. I wouldn't be shocked if they if they blew him out here, but um, I reluctantly took the points. I reluctantly took the points, too. Although the Ravens fit the profile as a bully, right? Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I know you've seen Jackson have trouble against Kansas City, but when they play weaker teams, they seem to, to smash him off the field. An interesting thing, uh, Ian Hartitz, our, our friend over at PFF, and uh, we've had him on this on the, our podcast before. He was a great guest in August. He posted a video, uh, a series of videos on his Twitter account of Marquise Brown being wide open and Jackson missing him. Now. I don't want to totally hammer Jackson on this because every quarterback misses some throws or, or doesn't see a uh, you know, guy's wide open. He doesn't see him, whatever. I mean, that happened. You, you could make any quarterback look bad if you cut the right video. But I just wonder the price on Brown. I thought Brown was a good play last week in, in fantasy and in DFS. And I played him in a couple of DFS things. He's down to 15 bucks yeah. in Yahoo. And I know the Bengals secondary has played a lot better than expected. They'll actually look pretty good in a lot of metrics, but I feel like Hollywood Brown's always open. And I know the bank, you know, the, the Ravens don't throw the ball a ton and they have a run-based offense, but I feel like it might be the right time to, to get in on him. And, and also, I know they don't use Gus Edwards a lot, but every time I watch Gus Edwards, I want some more Gus Edwards in my life. I've started to add him in deeper leagues, just thinking that would, would, what would it take for him to get a bigger role? Maybe he'll just be so productive that he'll get more carries or maybe Ingram will get hurt or Dobbins will fumble. I feel like this is a guy that, there's going to be one week this season. It's going to be on, on the waiver wire. Go get Gus Edwards. And so in deeper leagues, I'm trying to do that now. I can't believe the answer to the running back situation in Baltimore is none so far. That would have been my last guess. Um, Marquise Brown, I'm so with you here. Air yards, he led the NFL last week with 219. Here's a fun one. Number two last uh, last week with 150. So 70 fewer was number two was Demir Bird on your Patriots. Uh, air yards is not perfect, and it, and it takes Lamar Jackson to actually complete those passes for it to help your fantasy team, no doubt. But the point is he's getting a ton of opportunities, and all targets aren't created equal. His targets are way down field and when they do connect you know they're going to be a, a big payoff so i have marquis brown ranked as my uh, 15th wide receiver this week so i'm with you there isn't it funny with dobbins like i know it's just four weeks but it used to be a few years ago or even as long as i've been playing fantasy rookie running backs with the plug in plays and it was the rookie receivers we didn't want to touch right now look at last year's receiver class was unbelievable this year's class has gotten off to i think a very strong start and it's just funny how those paradigms might be shifting. I, I think the college and pro games are a lot more similar than they used to be. And I'm not surprised that yeah. we've seen so many young receivers. Yeah, you know, of course, Brown was part of that great class in 2019, and he was hurt most of the year. He could have even been better <coughs> if he was healthy. But it's the second year in a row we've seen monster rookie receivers. T. Higgins, we get to mention. I think right now he's the best bet to catch a touchdown pass for the Bengals. I don't want any part of A.J. Green. You know I'm a big Tyler Boyd guy, but – isn't it interesting just to see that sea change where young receivers are doing great and it's been a slow upload for a lot of rookie running backs? Yeah, and Hollywood gained 25 pounds in the offseason of a screw removed from his foot. So it's okay if they're, you know, they're taking, taking them a little while to get totally in sync. So uh, I think, yeah, he's going to have a huge game and his fantasy value it, it, to, to acquire him in a trade, it may never be lower than it is right now.
I agree. Uh, let's go to the Battle of Pennsylvania. The Philadelphia Eagles, fresh off an upset of, uh, oh, who did they beat, Dalton? I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but they beat somebody <laughs> last Sunday night. Oh, the 49 That's right, the 49ers. Andy uh, Barron just texted me talking about, how we got to figure out how to trade uh, Jimmy Garoppolo on our team, you know, the Iowa guy with Bethard and Kittle now. So Barron's is very excited about our team, the 49ers, and, and who's shopping, shopping Jimmy G. But yes, was, that did happen. It was just fun to watch Kittle play with real quarterbacks because, you know, if Garoppolo <laughs> was playing, he probably has about five catches. No, actually, well, that yeah. Nick, that, yeah, I won a fantasy game because of that Nick Mullins interception. I felt so guilty to Ugh. do that. But not, One of the worst I've ever seen, man. Brutal. Not maybe good. not that guilty. But anyway, the Eagles are now <laughs> headed to Pittsburgh, Heinz Field. Pittsburgh off their unexpected bye in week four, our seven-point favorite, low over-under of 44.5. What do you make of the Eagles and Steelers? I do like the Steelers in this game. Eagles coming off that win, but late Sunday night game, traveling across the country. Pittsburgh's coming off a bye. Eagles are tied with the Jets for the fewest yards per play uh, on offense this year. I think they might get, Wentz might get killed in this game. Uh, the Steelers have 12 more quarterback pressures in the next team. So yeah, I'm in on Pittsburgh here coming off that, coming off their bye, essentially. You, you know, I wonder if they don't get the full effect of the bye because they were preparing to play a game. I know the game was canceled pretty true. early. The, no, that's true. It's not a normal bye. But it, was, it wasn't like uh, after the Sunday game the previous week, they sent everybody home and, and you do whatever you do during your bye right. week. So I don't know. I, I, you can spin that a couple of different ways, I guess. Sure. I do think the Steelers will really regret not having that midseason buy. And I don't know why the NFL doesn't go to a two-by format anyway. It would yeah. increase their program. It give you another week of programming. Nobody exactly. would miss. Okay, so fine. You don't have Patrick Mahomes for two weeks out of 18 instead of one week out of 17. I, people would get over that. It would just be more football, more fantasy, another Sunday in front of the TV. I, I think those are all wins. I think I lean the Eagles and staff picks, but... The thing that's screaming out, whenever we see, we know teasing is all about the key numbers. And when I see the mm-hmm. minus seven, the reasons you mentioned why the Eagles could be in a precarious spot here, I, I think Pittsburgh is going to be a very top popular tease team this week. Yeah, and, and in Survivor for sure. Where are mm-hmm. you sitting on Juju versus Deontay in your rankings weekly right now? Well, because Deontay's been dinged up. I, yeah, I know the toe that, even. Yeah. yeah I, Pittsburgh's usage is complicated because Chase Claypool – is probably not good enough to play for fantasy yet, but he's good enough to get some targets every week. He's already had one long touchdown. So that gets in Washington's way a little bit. It will take a couple of targets away from Juju or a couple of targets away from Deontay Johnson. And the last we saw Eric Ebron, he looked great. I want to be careful about this. Just because George Kittle went ballistic against the Eagles doesn't mean Eric Ebron will. I mean, they're two two totally different players. But it maybe it does outline the fact that the Eagles are vulnerable down the seam in the middle of the field. I, what do you think about Ebron as a play this week? I do like Ebron, and uh, conversely, uh, poor Zach Ertz looks right there with your guy AJ Green, kind of washed. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would consider Ebron over Ertz, and that would probably be crazy as far as ECR. But no, I'm with you. Ebron's going to be more involved. Uh, he's like two seasons removed from scoring 13, 14 touchdowns when you count his rushing touchdowns. So yeah, he's got big Ben loves throwing to his tight ends uh, in the red zone. So I'm with you on Ebron. Definitely. It's sad for me to watch Ertz become a catch and fall guy, but right now yeah. that's what he is. Man, does Philadelphia? I. I mean, they tried the dra- they drafted a receiver in the first round, so you can't yeah. say they didn't look to address their problem. But they just have no outside weapons right now. Speaking of teams without weapons, the New York Jets are back home, and and <laughs> I've I've been picking them every week, and they have yet to cash a ticket. They are seven point <laughs> underdogs against the Arizona Cardinals, who have played two sloppy games in a row, and that total is forty seven and a half. You excited about Joe Flacco's return for the Jets? 
Yeah, this is a stay away for me. But you, as I think Arizona gets right. They've lost two games uh, in a row, as you said. And the offense has just been very unimpressive. But, man, Flacco and Gase, it's just one of those... I don't know if they reach the threshold of a professional team right now. Like, I feel like, you know, getting seven at home, hold your nose is usually the way to go, but maybe not with this Gase version with Flacco. I'm actually, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona looks like a bully and, and suddenly looks good. Are we in or out on Cliff Kingsbury? I want to be in on him, but why doesn't he play Andy Isabella? At what point would, would Chase Edmonds get more involved in this offense? Although you could argue, hey, he had the five catches last week. He did have a touchdown. The Isabella thing's driving me crazy. And I know Murray has left plays on the field and maybe he looks to run a little bit more proactively than he should, but their, their offense, their passing is such a horizontal game right now. And they're looking, they need as great as Hopkins is. You need some field stretchers to be fair. Kirk hasn't been healthy this year, but it sure seems like Andy Isabella can do what this team needs and he can't get on the field consistently. Even at two touchdowns in week three. Yeah, he should absolutely be seeing the field more. And I apologize for Kenyon Drake. I backed off him on my own teams the last couple of weeks when he suffered that injury, but I was in on him in the summer. I expected him to be a star in this system, and I was just flat out wrong. And he's burned me multiple times, and it won't happen again. He's just, I don't know what to tell you. I thought if the problem with Drake was was durability, but he's been healthy, and the guy didn't see one target last week. Chase Edmonds, you were on. Well, I got a full credit. You weren't just saying it. You were definitely pounding the desk with Chase Edmonds, and he could be extremely valuable moving forward. Drake was banged up at the end of last week. Um, I'll just say right now i mean if i had a choice who i'd rather have my fantasy team it would be Edmonds right now wow it's a big investment i mean to be fair with you and drake i was right there with you i thought he was i thought you had to get Edmonds too and i and i don't like to play that understudy crutch but drake was running back four in the last eight weeks of the season last year right. so he had an extended run of success in that arizona offense i took the jets in this game and i'm already dreading <laughs> when, when the Cardinals are going to be up by two touchdowns, I'm going to be like, why, why am I? I hate Adam Gase. Why am I following yeah. down all these losing tickets? But no, it's a savvy. It's 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 it is it's a the number. sharp side. It's betting a sure. number. I'm not betting the team. Yeah. I'm betting the number. No. Um, so speaking of coaches that we we don't have a lot of faith in, Houston finally cut the cord on their head coach and GM Bill O'Brien. Romeo Cornell takes over on an interim basis. Uh, the former defensive coordinator for several teams, including the Patriots. He's, both of those guys are part of the Belichick coaching tree. Houston at home, a six and a half point favorite over Jacksonville, 53 and a half total. What do you think of the Jags and Texans? I know it's easy to say the narrative is they will, you know, be inspired with Bill O'Brien gone um, and it's less than that touchdown. But I held my nose and took the points here. I feel like it'll be close enough. What what do you think, Pino? Yeah, I took the points too. Um, Jacksonville's offense looked totally different once they got Shark back on the field. They couldn't do anything against Miami in week three. And then they played a very competitive football game and it wasn't the offense's fault. They lost last week. The thing with the coaching is that when you fire somebody like Bill O'Brien, what that does is it sends a memo to the players like, okay, we'll give you an excuse. We'll blame this on Bill Mm O'Brien, but if you continue to lose, it's on you guys. And I think sometimes that sharpens focus or it puts everybody on alert in a way that leads to better performance. But I don't like the personnel on Houston's, team i I, I don't like their secondary i don't like their offensive line even though they spent money there i didn't understand the skill talent they acquired i I still don't understand it i mean other than deshaun watson i can't and i will fuller is good when he's healthy i you know he'll have some bumps like every receiver because every receiver's boom and bust on some level but other than watson i can't and that's why i was avoiding watson this year because i saw all these quarterbacks with pieces around them that i like and i don't like it the stuff that's around Watson. And I still think Jacksonville's a little frisky. I, I can get, look, they played one really bad game and it was right. with their best playmaker 
off the field. So I can live with that. We've talked about Robinson maybe being one of the league winners or, or league needle movers in the backfield. And I still think Minshew's a good player. So to me, it was pretty easy to take the six and a half. Yeah, and I'm curious if Duke Johnson gets more involved with the new new coach there, you know, now him seemingly healthier. Yeah, we have, we have another D Johnson, by the way, when we get to the Browns game. So, you know, if you send us a start sick question and it's D Johnson, yeah. you get you get to be more specific. The, Houston, of course, has two of them and neither one of them have done very much yet. But we're both taking the points in that game. Uh, speaking of personnel changes, the Washington football team has said enough of Dwayne Haskins for, for the moment. They've brought in Kyle Allen, who, of course, was part of the Ron Rivera coaching last year in Carolina. This also moves Alex Smith up to the number two quarterback spot. So what a story that would be if Smith gets on the field this year. I think a lot of people are rooting for that just because it's a good story and because they don't have other good quarterbacks. So if Smith can do anything productive, man, wouldn't that be great? Washington's at home against the Rams. They're seven and a half point underdogs. The total is low at 44 and a half. What do you think of the Rams and WFT? All right, I'm almost positive you'll disagree with me here, but I'm laying the points here. I think the Rams are just going to dominate the line of scrimmage. I'm not sure how their team established the run is going to work uh, long term, but I think they'll just bully this Washington team starting Kyle Allen um, and what Chase Young. I don't know about the health of the defensive line there. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to pick the Rams. and I know that seems like the square side laying seven and a half on the road, but uh, I'm, I'm doing it. I don't like doing it, but I'm taking the WFT at home. I do like calling them the WFT. I just don't like picking them, betting them, losing money on them. And I certainly didn't like them backdoor covering my Baltimore tickets into oblivion last week. But I'm just hoping Kyle Allen can I, – I know last year you know, he played well for like a minute and people were like, hey, wait, he was like a highly touted prospect a million years ago. And then he reverted back to playing very poorly, although a lot of the skill talent around Allen played well anyway. Obviously, McCaffrey was great and DJ Moore was great, but – I'm just hoping Allen can avoid being just the dumpster fire that Haskins was. And it's hard to get a handle on the Rams. I mean, they played a really great game against Buffalo, at least came back, and and maybe they should have even won that game. And then they were in sleepwalk mode against a very bad Giants team. And I want to point out also with the backfield, it's been fantasy frustrating Uh for a lot of people. (laughs) The Rams have a feature back. It's Sean McVay. Okay, he yeah. believes in he, – he said all along he liked all of his talent and he saw, saw that they had different skill sets. And I think McVay is just going to be one of those coaches who's going to be like, oh, you know, watch what special game plan I cooked up for this week. And I think it, it's going to be very difficult unless somebody you know, has a major injury or, or somebody, you know, fumbles the ball so often that they have to like mothball them. I just think it's going to be whack-a-mole with this backfield. Totally. I was a sucker that uh, ranked Daryl Henderson high last week. I used him in DFS. It was very, very frustrating. Yeah, I um, I believe you were conservative in your ranking of him. And it's a way to go with this Rams backfield moving forward just because it's so tough to predict weekly. I mean, Henderson is PFS highest grader through three weeks. He passed the eye test. Uh, Cam Akers was out. Am I really at home? 14 point favorites. I really didn't think it was like that much of a stretch to treat him as an RB1. But man, if you can't rely on a guy like that in this system, then it's going to be it's going to be tough, especially with Cam Akers coming back. So it's great. Todd Gurley scored NFL high 54 touchdowns in that role the last three years. So I just wanted whomever it was. I, I had no even opinion of, of, of the players, but it looks like it's going to be just a rotation throughout the year. I know the touches haven't gone to the moon yet, but Antonio Gibson looks like a player. And at least they were a little bit more proactive with, with him in week four. Do you think it's go time for Gibson? 
I do. I ranked him so high. Someone even asked me, he's like, oh, is that, is it time to put him in my lineup? And I'm like, yeah, man, I, I'm, you're the more conservative one. So I have him ranked pretty aggressively, like top 15 this week with, without anyone there. And the usage is getting lately and look at the running back landscape. You know, I'm having to do the, the videos this week. It is ugly with teams on by and the uncertainty everywhere. It is really rough. So I don't think it's a stretch at all to call Antonio Gibson an RB2 easy must start. Yeah, I think I probably have him ranked too low, and I'm going to work on rectifying that when we finish this program. The Las Vegas Raiders, who two and two, and Derek Carr has really ticked off about that. Uh, hey, Derek, how about taking a chance downfield and, and not trying to play for your quarterback rating? They head to Kansas City where the Chiefs, what, are 12 and 1 against the spread last 13. They didn't play their best game against New England, but they still got the money. The Chiefs are 13 and a half favorites over at Bet MGM. Total is 55 and a half. What do you make of this AFL? Rematch Raiders Chiefs. I'm laying the wood here. I like the Chiefs, man. They're number five in defensive DVOA. Forget that Pats game. That's what New England does. They made that ugly. It was slow and weird, and just don't let that have a lasting memory. Uh, I think they're gonna 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 boat race the Raiders this week. I have the Raiders, and I hate it. I don't like the way they play. I don't like John Gruden. I wish he'd wear his mask. Um, I think the Chiefs have a point spread tax now. They've covered two. They're, they're too fun a team. It's, they're too public a, a team. Deal. The numbers just keeps getting inflated on them, and I'm just not wired to lay 13 and a half that often against a, a Raiders team that, well, I don't think it's a good team. I don't think it's like a 3 and 13 dumpster fire team either. I mean, they, they have won a couple of games. They beat a Saints team that I still think is decent. Maybe Saints are a little bit overrated at that moment. They certainly had some key injuries, but I don't think the Raiders are a bad team. They hung in, they hung in with Buffalo last week. So it's just my reflexive, reflexive nature to take a big, you know, almost a two-touchdown spread, but... I don't want to bet against the Chiefs. It's not fun to do, and it's downright terrifying when Mahomes has a good game, and it's just hard to imagine. You know, Belichick threw a lot of hybrid packages at Mahomes, trying to confuse him, and maybe that, it, it's kind of funny what happened, right? It was very similar to their playoff game a couple of years ago where for a half, Mahomes did nothing, and then they kind of got their sea legs, yeah. and you could see in the second half they were doing whatever they wanted to do. I just don't know that the Raiders have the intelligence of the personnel to confuse Patrick Mahomes. So while I'm picking the Raiders, because you have to make a pick in every game, I'm not betting a penny against Mahomes and the Chiefs. It is a big spread, and Henry Ruggs uh, may be returning. Uh, I, I'm considering I, I have KC available in Survivor, so they're definitely an option because it looks like only like 8% of Yahoo people are picking them. So apparently a lot of people use them earlier, so uh, they're definitely an option I'm, I'm looking at here. But you're right. It's a big spread, divisional game. The Raiders are certainly not a total doormat, so I, I hear you. Still, line I'm, I'm not sure really what to do with. Carolina's fresh off a couple of wins. The Falcons yeah. are fresh off 0-4, and, and they— Man, just losing players left and right. Julio Jones played half of a game on Monday. Calvin Ridley didn't have a catch. Matt Ryan seems to have the yips right now, although with all the injuries, you can understand. Even Gage was coming off a concussion the previous week. Falcons are still two-and-a-half-point favorites. Total is a juicy 54-and-a-half, so we would think there's a lot of fantasy goodness here. Two teams that don't play defense very well, and there's a lot of good skill talent. But should the Falcons be favored over anybody right now? Probably not. That's why I took them. I mean, winless versus Carolina's won two in a row. It just feels like the time to, to buy Atlanta less than the field goal. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much sanity other than saying this would be a fun DFS game. And the Panthers have an NFL of three sacks, I believe, this year. So I think Matt Ryan will be able to be comfortable at home. Uh, but how crazy is that? Calvin really must have just his ankle injury must have been worse, but have zero catches in that matchup with uh, Julio leaving early. Man, just what a disaster. Um, but yeah, I, I took the Falcons here, but um, it's ugly. Yeah, I took the Falcons too. I mean, I feel sorry for Ridley owners because he was wide open on a post pattern. 
and Ryan just made a late throw and it wasn't yeah. all that accurate either. It's one of those plays that just should be a touchdown and Ryan would be the first person to tell you that. You know, for a long time, there was a college basketball trend that anytime a non-ranked team was favored over a ranked team, the idea was just, to, even though it didn't seem like it made sense to bet on the unranked team. And this is what this feels like. Not, not that Carolina is like, you know, some juicy team, but they've won a couple games in a row. But when, when the line may not make sense to think, well, why are the Falcons favor? Why does the line basically say they're even teams? If, if you cut, if you say home field is like about two or two and a half points in, in this COVID year, but it just seems like my instinct in these types of spots is to take the Falcons, even though nothing that I've seen on the field would defend that pick. Yeah, I think I think it's the right one. Yeah, I mean, it, yes, it doesn't make any logical sense, but it'll it'll probably come through. I'm with the you. one. The one thing I'm just nervous about is who are the receivers for the Falcons this week? Because it sounds like Julio probably won't go, right. and we'll see what state Ridley's in. And if if you do, I mean, the, Ryan was throwing to guys, I, I names I can't pronounce or names I'm not familiar with in the second half. So. <laughs> Totally. And I also wrote a blog today about Todd Gurley. I, I know he, he doesn't have a lot of cred around the league, so it might be hard to do, but he keeps scoring touchdowns. If they don't get their passing game squared away, that's bad for Gurley. You need a good Falcons offense for Todd Gurley to do his thing, which is like scoring from the two-yard line. That's what he's good at. So some oh, people when might, he faces some, you know, the Panthers' second most fantasy points allowed running back. So if you sell him after this week, I'm with you. If he gets one or, another touchdown, 1,000%. I'll be fair. Maybe you can't do it, but it's it's not a thing like think of the Jaguars a couple of weeks ago where Chark didn't play, and some people might have thought, oh, well, let's go, let's pivot to Chanel to get more opportunity. But the problem was Chark off the field kind of torpedoed the offense. Mm-hmm. Just keep in mind if you own Gurley that you need Julio Jones on the field. You need Ridley on the field. So the offense is a high octane offense. You take those guys away or compromise them, they might be a team that scores 17 points a week. That's the thing I'm going to be concerned about with Gurley. Also, the arthritic knees, which are never going to get better. Yeah, he's just no longer an option as a receiver. I mean, he was last oh, among running backs. In nine receiving last yards year, or five receiving then, yards, yeah. something like that. That's yeah. another big thing is that when the Falcons start playing better teams and they're the ones playing catch-up, yeah. Gurley yeah. may not even be on the field. So that's a great no, point there. Exactly. As well, I know it's not easy, but just if you have running back depth, don't make it obvious. Don't say, hey, I'm trying to trade Gurley. Just say, hey, I got, I got some good running back depth and maybe – you can land on Gurley. I'll give you uh, another player I'll be selling high uh, if I can later in the show. Let's go to the late games. Miami at San Francisco. Your 49ers is Rumble back this week. I'm not sure what they're doing with that. Anyway, 49ers are eight and a half point favorites. And I think the total's off the board right now, which might be tied to Garoppolo. What do you make of the Dolphins and Niners? Yeah, Shanahan's even being coy about it, saying that we'll learn who's starting him when the Dolphins do, even between Mullins and Bethard, possibly. So um, I've gotten my Niners wrong since week one, so I probably will again. But I feel like they'll bounce back here. Miami, a long trip. Itching to get Tua in there. I could see Fitzpatrick easily even backdoor covering here. And the Niners are dealing with so many injuries. But um, you look at all the advanced stats. They're still pretty impressive. It's a big spread. But I'm, I'm guessing you're going to take the point. So as I'm talking about it more, I feel less confident about the Niners. But um, I'm guessing you're, t- you're taking the dog here. Yeah, when I don't like a side, I just reflexively yeah. back the dog. But Miami's been frustrating. I, I Just when I think they're going to go to Miles Gaskin, they back off him. I thought Preston Williams was interesting this year. Isaiah Ford seems to be passing him. We've seen good Fitzpatrick games and bad Fitzpatrick games, which maybe was to be expected. They invested a lot in that secondary. We'll see how quickly it takes to gel. I thought all things considered, they defended Seattle not that bad last week. I I, I felt like Seattle was actually the wrong side the last couple of their games, but they keep covering and they're a very public team. I don't like this game, though. I took Miami because I'm going to reflexively take the dog when I don't have a good lean, but this is not something... 
that I'd be running over to bet MGM to bet on just just me. Really nice to see Devontae Parker fight through that injury last week. You know, it's not mm-hmm. something he's really done throughout his career. And he was really impressive while doing so. And Preston Williams, I think it's just clear, is just slow to recover from that knee surgery is what's happening there. Mike Gesicki uh, joins Daryl Henderson as two of my worst calls last week. Man, I, I ranked him aggressively. Seattle had been getting killed uh, in the slot. And he had, what, second in air yards and tight ends. And he was just a total, total no-show. Yeah, and, and um, their, their stud... Uh, Safety wasn't playing either, Adams. Yeah, yeah, Jamal Adams was out. Yeah, it all looked too perfect and just totally nothing. So, yeah, go figure. Yeah, I, I got that wrong. I had Kaseki very proactively ranked. I had him on at least one of my DFS lineups. And he had an early catch and celebrated like it was like the Super Bowl. <laughs> and that was it. I don't. I didn't see him celebrating anything else because he never had yeah. a second catch. So yeah. I was frustrated on that. And I got that wrong, too. Speaking of things I got wrong last week, uh, the Giants were at the Cowboys. I thought the Cowboys were a great play last week. Of course, you know, they, they did what they usually do. They gave the ball away a couple of times. They got behind by a million points. They made a mad comeback. And just when I thought there was hope for my Dallas tickets, and then, you know, they, they onside kick, don't get it. They, they give up. Oh, Beckham should have been tackled 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. He ends up scoring a 50-yard touchdown. Dak throws an interception. You guys all saw the game. So now it's a survivor dilemma. What do we do with the Cowboys? They're nine-and-a-half-point favorites against the Giants at home, and the total is 54-and-a-half. I am for the moment, tentatively siding with the Cowboys and Survivor. I do have Kansas City available, but I feel like this Dallas team could lose to anybody. And the Giants were, they went toe-to-toe with the Rams last week. Are you How are you picking this game? And do you think Dallas is worth Survivor consideration? All right, so I, I like the Giants here. They've had a really, really tough schedule. I know that it would be easy to say that Cowboys are going to get right eventually, right? I mean, I was on them last week with you for sure there, but at some maybe that defense just really is a disaster. And uh, I don't know, the Giants have played the Rams really, really tough last week. One of the notes I made here was I'm avoiding Dallas in Survivor. And my wife, right before we started recording, was telling me that's who she's taking. And I, and I was explaining, man, I, I don't know about that. But she does not have the Chiefs available, whereas you do. So personally, I, I would I would, I would feel more comfortable, especially with just 7 8% on KC. That's where I would lean. But I don't know. I mean, Dallas is nearly 10-point favorites, and the Giants have looked pretty bad. Is Dallas bad enough on offense to push Giants into DFS conversations or to push borderline guys into fantasy lineups? Oh, yeah. Yes. I like Danny Dimes this week. I like Darius Slayton. I like Evan Ingram. Yes, I, I do think this could be another another high-scoring game. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I know the on-pace thing can be a little bit squirrely early in the season, although we are four games in. But right now, Dak Prescott is on pace to obliterate the record for attempts, completions, and he's on pace for – a 6,000, you know, 6,400 yard season or something like that, which would obviously be a record as well. And he'd have 48 total touchdowns. I, man, I, I know it's because of the game flow and, and part of all those stats is the mistakes that the offense is showing in the first half of games. But he's got three great receivers. Dalton Schultz sure looks like a good tight end. I don't love Dak as a receiver. And I think that Dak maybe is even, I'm sorry, um, Elliot as a receiver. And he might even be a little bit overrated as a running back, but he's still a good player. Tony Pollard can hardly get in the field. I think he's really good. It's to me, it's exciting to think if they can't fix this defense, I'm really excited to see where Dallas will be in the offensive you know, stats at the end of the season. Yeah, it doesn't matter your target percentage if you're throwing the ball 800 times, like you said. He's on pace to throw more than 800 times. The most ever so right now is Stafford at like 717. It's crazy right now. Most fantasy points ever through four weeks uh, right now is Dak Prescott, one, this season. Russell Wilson, two, and Josh Allen, three. 
they're literally the three highest scoring players through three weeks or four weeks ever in fantasy football. So, uh, yeah, ho- hopefully you grab one of those quarterbacks on your fantasy team. And, of course, what did Dallas do? They paid Zeke, you know, at a yeah, time when a lot of teams are figuring out that running backs are Look, it's nice to have a good running back, but if you if they were to lose Zeke, they'd find out that Tony Pollard's pretty good too. I, I think. Yeah. Look at Carolina. I love McCaffrey. I think he's a wonderful talent, but they haven't missed a beat with Mike Davis. I, it just seems so crazy that Prescott can't get the contract, and Elliott did. Now we just talked about the high flying Cowboys who love to throw the ball. Let's talk about two teams who like to party like it's 1977. Indianapolis Colts, maybe the best team in football right now against the Cleveland Browns who, who ran up three bills on the ground against that Dallas defense, a good offensive line. I think they're trying to hide Baker Mayfield in that Browns offense. The Colts on the road are two-point favorites. The total is 46 and a half. I went with the Colts here. I'm fully buying their defense, but I do not trust Phillip Rivers. And, and Cleveland's pretty feisty, too. But you're right. They're totally trying to hide Mayfield. There's no Nick Chubb, although that didn't. Another example of it. They ran for 370 yards on the road against the Cowboys, and Nick Chubb left after six carries. Uh, I believe it's Michael David Smith has a Twitter thread about running backs that's happened over the last... Search that out. It's, it's really interesting. Um, I'm, I'm with the Colts here, but uh, it's, a, it's a tough one for me. It's, a, it's, it's more of one I, I'm probably not going to lay a ton of, my, of money on. What about yourself? Yeah, I have the Colts. Um, I'm a Frank Reich guy. I believe the defense is legitimate. And I just wonder if the Browns, they're, they're getting a lot of smoke blown their way after three wins. They, they put up the big number against the Cowboys, but so what? I, I also think it's a great time if you can. I know every league's different. Some leagues don't trade. Some leagues you can't even make trades. But I wrote a blog today about trying to sell Odell Beckham. The idea was that he just did a three-touchdown game. Oh, yeah. But one of them was that laser, left-handed laser from Jarvis Landry. And one of them was that end around at the end of the game against a tired defense. And yeah, those touchdowns count and they're fun. And I, I watched that Landry pass like a hundred times because it was it was an absolute seed that he threw. But Baker Mayfield in a game they scored 49 points against what's considered unequivocally the worst defense in football had 5.5 yards per attempt. That's yeah. not a good number. I, I know his quarterback rating was good. He didn't turn the ball over. I think they're trying to hide him. Right now, if you look at all the teams that have played a full schedule, they have the third fewest pass attempts. This is this is what Stefanski did in Minnesota. And you know, I know part of it was probably a mandate from Mike Zimmer, but they have a really good offensive line. Even with Chubb out, they have talent at running back. Kareem Hunt's very good. We saw some of the understudies who played last week, and they showed some, some interesting flash. Hilliard and Johnson have talent. So Beckham on pace for, I think it's 120 targets. He'll probably bump that up a little bit, but... He's not going to get peppered, and there's going to be a lot of games where he's waving his hands and and he's complaining after the game, why did I get four targets and stuff like that. I, If you can find a Beckham sympathizer, the, the, the guy was unbelievable for three years, and, and Browns fans were, were giving me all sorts of crap when they said Mayfield didn't play well. If there's a Brown fan in your league, man, I would be talking to him and trying to move Beckham. And the point isn't, you're, you're not trading him for Julian Edelman. You know, you're, you're not trading him for some scrub. Don't trade him for Marvin Jones, but... He just had a blow-up game. There should be somebody excited about this guy. Yeah, and I don't – probably not a big deal, but did you see the thing where Mayfield had to go up to him and and Landry and and basically apologize after another player scored a touchdown a couple weeks ago? Like, be patient, guys. Be patient. You'll get his. You'll get yours. So that I found a little interesting. I'm with you here. The schedule for the Browns, it gets much tougher to face the the Colts and the the Steelers the next two games, and this team just really wants to hide Mayfield. I believe neutral run rate, they're – among the leaders uh, as far as running the football. So, um, 
Yeah, I I, uh, I think if you could trade Beckham coming off that monster game, and he looked good doing it. You know, it showed he still has his athleticism and all that. But um, in this environment, um, now is the time to sell. I could I, I definitely agree with you there. And again, go and say you have receivers available. Let them come to Beckham. Don't make it plain right. obvious what you're trying to do. Speaking of wide receivers going off, I would think some wide receivers might go off in the Sunday night game. Minnesota at Seattle. Um, we've seen Jefferson take a nice leap forward in the last couple of weeks. Minnesota still doesn't have a game with 30 pass attempts, but I think they'll have to throw to keep up with Seattle. Seattle's a seven-point favorite at home, and man, look at that over under, 57 and a half. What do you think of the Sunday night game? That's crazy. That's because you'd think Cousins' volume's going to have to be there with the defense stepping back like that. Uh, I, I I took the points here. Um, with Seattle, I believe, has allowed exactly 500 more yards uh, than any other team to wide receivers this uh, this year. So I like Justin Jefferson, Thielen, Cousins. So I think this game will be close enough. Obviously, Russ, Russell Wilson's cooking MVP and all that. But uh, seven points with that defense. Uh, I, I took Minnesota, but I you know primetime game in Seattle could get out of hand. I took Minnesota too, but I'm not thrilled about it. The thing I'm, I'm kind of confused about is Lockett and Metcalf, their prices have finally kind of caught up to where their production is in Yahoo DFS. They're both $31. I mean, I think it was last week that Lockett was still in the mid-20s. Now, of course, Lockett didn't play very well at Miami and a really bad drop, and he didn't get a lot of looks. But it was just nice getting affordable Metcalf and Lockett when we could. Now you have to pay up in full for them. Is, is that something you think you'll want to do? Uh, that, yes, it's, it's a good it's a good situation still. Um, and Metcalf, all those end zone targets and coming off the whatever the locket was frustrating game. But I'm I'm still great ranking both of those guys is, is very aggressively. I believe I have them both still top five. Yeah, I know the price is catching up, but um, worth it. They're they're yes, the the concept the, the, it's a I guess he's still into Greg Olson a little bit more, but it's pretty still a pretty narrow tree. I'm moving forward. Yeah, I have them both. Uh, I have Met. I have Metcalf as my number one receiver this week, okay. and Lockett, Lockett is my number four. So, so yeah, I'm in on them still. And with injuries in the backfield, maybe it's because you know yep, last exactly. week what Carson punched punched one in. You would think that everything is going to going to go through Russell Wilson this week, and he's not a Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson where it's like, oh, I'm afraid that Wilson's going to run in three touchdowns. I mean, he will throw them. You know, he'll win that. He loves to give the threat of the run at the goal line and then flip it to somebody. So what, uh, a, what I, a roller coaster! If you're a Chris Carson guy, he went from looks like you're out with this horribly ugly, uh, dirty tackle to oh no, he's going to play, and then Carlos Hyde is out suddenly, and then it looks perfect, and then he was getting checked for a concussion last week, but he's back now and he looks really, really good. But yeah, this this offense runs through Russ and uh, man Metcalf and Lockett. I just think are going to be just just huge from here on out. Is there a deep sleeper in that backfield, Homer or DJ Dallas? Did those guys uh, tickle your fancy at all? I, I, I guess DJ Dallas, but not really. I think it'd just be a, a mostly a committee. Not really. Do you, have, do you have a feel for that? I want to be careful with DJ Dallas. It's just so fun to, to say DJ Dallas yeah, that I, I, I want to yeah. attribute some extra juice to him. But I get the idea that Homer, because he's been in the building, they, they seem yeah. to trust him more. So, Although Dallas, I thought, looked good in limited action in the Miami game. But I would lean Homer, and man, you can give up for Carson. He's just one of those guys who wants to play no matter what. Yes, yes. you know we we saw it a few years ago with Breida. We he'd have injuries, Matt Breida. You'd think, oh my God, his career is over, and then he'd be back in the game in fifteen minutes. And I think, how is that humanly possible? These guys really earn their money. Let's get to the Monday night game. The Chargers, man, they got something cooking with Justin Herbert. I don't know how they blew that cover last week, although it didn't help that they had a stupid turnover at the end of first half. I mean, Tampa Bay had no right pushing or covering that game, but uh, Brady balled out in the second half. Chargers at New Orleans. New Orleans an eight-point favorite. 
in the quiet uh, Superdome would normally be a very loud indoor stadium. The total, a little on the low side, 50 and a half. I say low for 2020 context because the overs have been cashing at like a 62% rate through four weeks. What do you make of the Chargers and Saints? First of all, I'm in on Herbert. Um, just so impressive making those throws against that defense while taking hits. Uh, just, just wow. I did not see that coming. That said, um, I, I lean Saints here. Breeze played far better last week. And just, uh, you know, at home, that Chargers team, I, I expect kind of a step back from me. Maybe, maybe, maybe a rookie mistake before he reaches that stardom level. But um, with more, more game film on him. But super excited long term for Herbert. Uh, but I laid the points here on Monday night. Yeah, my, my first inclination was to take the Chargers and the points, but this is a game I think you just need to wait and see the clarity of Michael Thomas, Thomas the clarity of yep. Jared Cook. What was encouraging to me is to see how well Breeze, I thought, connected with Emmanuel Sanders last week. They they showed chemistry that wasn't evident early in the season, and Jaquan Smith, although he never seems to get peppered with targets, had a couple of nice plays. I also think Latavius Murray is a nice fantasy player because you can bank on him getting double-digit touches every week. As great as Kamara is, he's not somebody who dominates the market share in his backfield. They want to use two running backs there. So I feel like Murray has touchdown equity every week and he has touches equity every week. I think he's a very sneaky guy that on a lot of teams I don't have. I don't think I have Murray anywhere. He'd be a starter for me on most of my teams. I have him a lot of places because I, I thought there was upside on my bench. I didn't think it'd be worth using, though. And obviously, Camara looks like so, you know, the number one fantasy player. So it hasn't exactly worked out as I expected. But you're right. I believe he has 12 or more carries in three of four games this year. And the goal line, some goal line work. So, yeah, that team really wants to to run the ball. And Drew Brees does not like throwing it downfield too much. On the flip side, uh, do you have any clarity on the Joshua Kelly, uh, Justin Jackson situation? Uh, tough break for uh, Austin Eckler owners. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, that's a brutal one worried Eckler may not play again this year. I wish Kelly would stop fumbling. I I know some people would argue that his last fumble wasn't really his fault, but every, what are you doing calling a run play 90 yards away with 15 seconds left? It just does not make any sense. And I'm not calling this out at the time in hindsight. I'll do it every time. There's zero ups. They're going to break a 92 yard run with the defense playing prevent. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I would be, it's funny. I would, I would be risk, risk averse very I would be so risky with the things like the fourth down stuff and you know equity the field position all that I, I would be Too playing with version. my hair on fire but when it comes yeah. to like games being blowouts I would get the quarterback out so quickly and I know what's a blowout anymore right I mean look at Dallas's comebacks and and I'm complaining about um Lamar Jackson leaving the game and, and RG3 coming in and all that but I would Get to the locker room. You're ahead. You're an underdog, a seven-point underdog on the road. Get in the friggin' locker room. What are you trying to do? You know, it's it's like that the time Washington tried to throw a screen pass in the, in the second quarter of a Super Bowl in like the final minute, and they were like in their own seven-yard line. The Raiders intercepted it, brought it in, and, and turned the game into a, into a blowout. Totally with you, man. I Anthony Lynn's a guy. I think he connects with people on a human level. I think he motivates people to want to run through walls for him, but I cannot stand. And I don't know that that call was necessarily on Lynn, although you know he's the head guy. He has to take responsibility on some level. I just don't like Anthony Lynn tactically. Love him as a person. I Again, he's very, he's great at connecting with his players and motivating them. That's a huge part of NFL coaching, but the Chargers sure seem to do a lot of squirrely stuff. And then how much does the Sunday night, Monday night teaser scream, though? Yeah, the, the that's, the, that's a, such I mean, a square just, play. <laughs> such who, a square who play. Would, I mean, who yeah. would be more likely to screw it up? 
Yeah, I'm going to say Vikings are going to uh, have a better. Uh, I mean, I, I yeah, if I took them, so I'm, I'm going to say Vikings. But um, but man, Herbert looks good, and Keenan Allen, man, what is he a top five PPR fantasy wide receiver right now? I mean, that's just crazy the amount of yeah. targets he's. Follow the volume. Anytime you see double digit targets, start jumping up and down. When you see it multiple weeks, I think it's three straight weeks for Keenan yeah. Allen. You don't even really. You don't need any deep analysis. You know, you don't need new age metrics. You're getting peppered that much from a quarterback who looks competent. That's all systems go. Uh, you mentioned you like the Vikings. I know as we transition to our DFS segment, Yahoo Fantasy is one of the best places to play DFS with a award-winning app to follow along your your players, watch them score, watch them win, watch them beat Dalton and I. I know one of your DFS leans this year, uh, this week, I should say, is one of those Minnesota players. Yeah, Justin Jefferson's $20. As I said, Seattle's allowed 500 more yards to wide receivers than the next most team. It's a funnel defense. It's actually Played the run pretty well. You like that combo. Mini has that narrow target tree. It's always fun to do this DFS with Yahoo on this. They have the Sunday night game on the main slate. So, you know, you have some 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 player minutes remaining there. Justin Jefferson, a high scoring, you know, 57 and a half over under, you said. So, yeah, give me Justin Jefferson this week for my DFS pick. I feel like if you're playing that slate with the Sunday night game, you got to have something in this game. I, I just don't think it's in the DNA of these teams to play a 17-13 game. So, you better get somebody in that game, whether it's Cook, whether it's one of the Seattle guys, Wilson. If you want to pay down for Cousins, you know Thielen. I don't care. You somebody. There's some some team is scoring forty points or thirty five points in that game, and you're going to wish. And both teams have really narrow trees. That's the thing. It's not like Kirk Cousins is throwing passes, touchdown passes to Irv Smith. You know, it's not like the the Seahawks have a running back who's going to score three touchdowns probably. Although you know Carson is a good player, so I think you need a lean in that game. One of the punt plays that jumped out for me, because when I now that the quarterbacks are scoring so many points every week, I'm less friendly with a quarterback punt, and I'm paying up more often for quarterbacks. I think we all know you have to pay up for some running backs because that's where the, the cheese is. So I find myself paying down at receiver one of my slots. And I know Hunter Renfro didn't have a great game against Buffalo, but he got going late in that game. There's been injuries. He was on a pace the last eight or nine games of last year. He was catching passes at maybe an 85 catch pace. So I think he has a connection with Derek Carr. And we know the slot throws are easier to define. That They're often easier to complete. So I feel like Renfro is going to have one of those boring seven for 81 games as the Raiders try to play catch up. And he's just $11 in Yahoo DFS. Definitely cheap. Uh, I'm in on Renfro there. My uh, my fate, I said, was Dalvin Cook. I'm obviously going to use him in your fantasy team, but he's the same price as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who I like at home against the Raiders, whereas the other reasons I said, Seattle defends a run really well, actually. So I think Minnesota's going to score more through the air there. So one other guy, I'll, I'll just give you a real cheap one just because I wanted to mention earlier, I forgot. I think Zach Pascal or Pascal, I get confused because of the Warriors player, um, is quietly emerging as the number one receiver ahead of, of T.Y. Hilton on the Colts. And if you're looking for a cheap DFS play, um, I, I like him. I, I, uh, my, my bold statement of the week, uh, I'll say Pascal uh, outscores your guy Odell Beckham in that Cleveland Browns uh, Colts game in fantasy points this week. So Dalton says trade Beckham for Pascal. Is that what I'm getting? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay. Verbatim. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't say this with any mean spirit in this, with any vengeance, you know, with, with any acrimony. But much like I'm totally out on AJ Green, maybe I'm not totally out on T.Y. Hilton there, but I'm I'm like hmm. a foot and a half out. He hasn't had a hundred yard game since late December 2018. That's like 15 games in a row. Rivers looks like he's on the 
the final lap of his career. They play very slow pace, which has generally been what Rivers does, as Michael Safina would say, quarterback pace. It's, it's the pace of an offense he thinks is more of a quarterback stat anyway than anything else. So I like the pivoting to anybody else there. I, I wish they would give more routes to Allie Cox. He scored touchdowns the last two weeks, but he, he just isn't on the field all that much. And they have three tight ends now. Even Trey Burton was running more routes than Cox last week, which seems crazy to me. But I totally agree with you that that if I'm going to, I promise you I'll know what the pronunciation is next year mm-hmm. or next week, I should say. But Pascal, Pascal, you know, I took algebra two. I, sh- I should know which one it is. But uh, he's the receiver I would want if I had anybody in Indianapolis. And, I, and I'm totally out on T.Y. Hilton. Are you agree with me that uh, Hilton's one of those 30-something guys you don't want to touch? Yeah, it looks like A.J. Green, Zach Ertz, T.Y. Hilton. They, Yeah, they, 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 I'm with you. I do not want to touch there. And you're right. Uh, uh, um, Trey Burton is kind of emerging. Uh, routes run last week is the, is the main tight end guy. There. I know uh, Mo Ali Cox is getting the touchdowns. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of quiet what they're doing there in Indy. But definitely look for, for Zach Pascal or whatever to emerge, uh, at least momentarily, until they get those receivers eventually back healthy. And Doyle's in the way, too, which, yeah. which just, you know, now you have three tight ends that you have to worry about. And uh, so that, that annoys me as well. A, a couple of big names I'm going to fade. This week, your boy George Kittle, unstoppable last week and, and generally unstoppable, period. But I think that the matchup had a lot to do with him getting 15 catches, his uncertainty at quarterback, and maybe San Francisco controls the game. I mean, the Eagles fought back. San Francisco had to play at a, at a more sense of urgency and tempo and all that, and I don't know that, that will apply this week. Maybe it just goes back to what Mike Shanahan would like to do, which is just run the ball all over people. So I'm not going to pay the 28 bucks. Also, I always feel like tight end, you can find something that's affordable. So I'm going to, I'm going to lean that way and not get caught up in the 28 bucks for, for Kittle. And maybe this is low hanging fruit, but how can you pay 37 bucks for John Hopkins when we don't know where Kyler Murray's at? He's just had the yips for a couple of weeks. I know the jets is a really good matchup. Uh, Hopkins may not be a hundred percent right now. That's to me, he's not even a consideration. Uh, I for cannot, DFS. En- cannot endorse your Kittle pick, sir. Although I will say Mullins averaged like nine point nine targets when he's played with Kittle, and he's probably my number three if I had to guess on who's starting this week. So there is some uncertainty there. But yeah, I'm with you on D Hop. Plenty of uh of, of other al- alternatives there. And I think Arizona could just be playing with a lead there immediately, you know. So I don't have to pass the ball a, a, t- a ton. So yeah, well, I'll make it clear. I, I love everything about Kittle. In fact, it sounds like this uh, Tanyan breakout with the Packers is in part <laughs> because he's been working out with Kittle, and they're calling him Baby Kittle. Unfortunately, Tanyan has turned into a touchdown machine that Kittle has yet to do. I, 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 look, I don't want to bash Kittle. He's, I think, I still think he might be the most valuable non-quarterback in the league. That, that's how great I think he is, and I, I just love the attitude and the persistence and every, everything about George Kittle. I'm in on just not his DFS price Fair for enough. Week Five. So uh, before I talk about some of the other great podcasts over at Yahoo Sports, Dalton, why don't you tell our fine listeners what you're working on? Sure. Follow me on Twitter and I'll be posting my uh, sit start column. Usually goes up early Friday mornings. Great piece. Great piece. Covers every game. I'll have the injury wrap on Saturday. So we can talk about what 528 guys are hurt. And then of course I'll be doing Q and a as part of fantasy football live on the Yahoo fantasy Twitter account on Sunday. You can follow me on Twitter. at Scott underscore Pianowski Dalton Del Don. We'll get you Dalton. And of course other podcasts, uh, Charles Robinson, Therese, Taylor do a great job on the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast. They talk a lot of fantasy on that show as well. Therese, man, I'm sorry. Uh, You're the guy I beat last week with that Philadelphia touchdown, which should on defense, which was just a Nick Mullins special. I, you know, I I feel guilty, man. I'm not going to give the win back, but I do feel guilty. So I I hope there's some solace in that. 
Yahoo Sports College podcast. You know, the college basketball season is scheduled to start not too long down the road. We know there's going to be college football and mass. We already have games in a few conferences. So if you want to get caught up with college sports, Dan Wetzel, Pete Thamel, and our old friend Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated, they're a great three-man show talking all things college sports. One more thanks to our friends at Planters, keeping us satisfied with delicious salty snacks for 100-plus years. Great guys over there. Keep the cashews coming. Tomorrow, Andy, Liz, Week 5 preview for Fantasy. Until then, straight cash, homie. Hope you're cashing those tickets. We are out. I'm Mike Lizikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. And I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. We're the hosts of Skullduggery, a podcast that not only breaks down the news, but also breaks news. We deliver authoritative analysis while drawing intriguing historical parallels from our decades of covering D.C. scandals. With our current focus on the president and his administration's handling of the coronavirus, to the 2020 elections, we interview those helping to shape the stories. So subscribe to and download Skullduggery wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at Skullduggery Pod. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.